0: Your car doesn't get much of a summer break. Bugs, UV rays, and pollen can all cause damage. Stay protected at WetGo with WeatherShield and a free month of unlimited washes. Just purchase your first month of WetGo Go Unlimited and your second month is free. Wash as many times as you want. And when you choose our all-weather or showroom pass featuring WeatherShield, you'll say bye-bye to bugs all summer long. Sign up today at getgocafe.com slash unlimited.
1: At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC
2: did you kill her with this axe? And he runs over and she's like, ah, and freaking out. And oh everyone's God. just like, holy shit. I need to be with you. What about your wife? You met her. She's dumb.
1: Demanding. Totally self-centered. I mean, she's awful.
3: Awfully pregnant. Welcome guys to Talk Matter to Me, your favorite true crime comedy podcast starring John,
4: Nicole, and myself, Jen. So they're Desperate Housewives, then did the real Housewives show come out after that? Um, I don't, I don't I might have come out after but I don't
3: think it was related to that show. It's like no. two completely different concepts. Correct.
4: One is reality TV. Yes. Bad reality TV.
3: Guilty pleasure bad reality
4: TV. Yeah. There was like one time where some of my friends in high school were really obsessed with it and um I maybe watched like The Real House Wise of New York City for like one season, mm-hmm. um, but that was about it.
3: Um, I've never really indulged. I may have seen like one or two episodes here and there, like because it was on in the background. But I've never actually sat down, like, like yeah. if you ask me, like the names, I can maybe give you like two.
4: Well, so tonight we are drinking the Desperate Housewife. Let's take a little set here. It
3: looks weird
4: in our fancy martini glasses.
2: Mm. Ugh, I don't like it
4: I like it I kind of like it it's pretty strong yeah but it was actually even stronger but I added some more juice to it so it's oh. um, rum Cointreau pomegranate juice lime juice and a cherry
2: what is Cointreau because I did to buy that today
4: orange liqueur
2: shit was 30 bucks
4: we could have probably gotten away with the triple sec yeah but that's alright
2: Say love
3: Say you will, say you won't, say you'll do what I don't, say you will do me.
4: Say lovey. All right. Well, Johnny, ready for our favorite segment?
3: Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise.
4: Cheers.
3: Cranberry vodka. No, cranberry something. Cranberry. Cherry vodka.
2: Jen's right. Cranberry vodka.
3: That was delish. I liked it.
2: Deep Eddie's Cranberry Vodka made in Austin, Texas.
4: Guys, I was right about something. That Nailed never it. happens. Every now and
3: then. still
2: I mean, ten times and we, it's gluten free.
4: We did both guess the vampire um, episode. Kind of.
2: No, you guessed it. Jen did not guess well, it.
4: I said, Jen did say that there was gonna be blood and guts everywhere. I mean there's blood
2: and guts in every episode yeah
4: but not strewn across a room
2: if I if there was a winner it had to be Nicole well
4: obviously yeah, thank you you getting white girl wasted on your desperate housewife martini for a mom you know what this drink reminds me of
3: what Carly Simon's song you're so vain how does the drink remind you of that because
4: look at it <laughs> clouds in my coffee
5: yeah okay
4: all right. It really reminds me of a Cosmopolitan, but with
5: rum clouds instead of... Clouds
3: in my coffee, clouds in my better. coffee, and you're so
4: vain. It's like a martini, but with rum I'll instead of vodka. I bet you think this song is about you,
3: you're so vain.
4: I bet you think this song
5: is about you, don't you, don't you? Reminds
4: me of uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days every time I hear this song. All
2: right, where are we going? Where are we going? Come on, Nicole. New Where Jersey. You got to answer the three questions.
4: New Jersey. But, okay. New Jersey. Same time,
2: sta- no. our place, location, time, murder count. Okay. New Jersey, 2014. And
4: what was the last one? What happened? Um, I think a lonely housewife in New Jersey... Um, is really, I don't know. I don't know what she is. She's not lonely. I don't know. But she is vindictive because she catches her husband cheating on her. And she murders him.
2: Murders him or the the girl that's cheating on him? Oh,
4: um. Him? Possibly both? At least him. At least the husband.
3: That's a good guess. I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction.
4: All right. All right. Utah,
3: 2005. A Mormon coven of women are so depressed. Oh, shit. Nice. That they decide to murder the man of the house.
4: Like sister wives? Yeah. You're going with a sister wife story? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right.
2: I don't know what that is.
4: How Mormons have, like, multiple wives?
2: Oh. Oh, you think Mormons? And he's,
3: like, torturing them and, like... Finally, someone's like, this is enough, and they kill him. We used to Mormons, be obsessed no, with that like, show
4: in,
2: in, in college, Sister they Wives. They like the one husband.
3: Yeah, they do, but like his, he's so I've never abusive seen, that- like, That
2: never happened, does it?
3: Yeah. Also- Oh, he's
2: abusive, yeah. You know, I had some Mormon <laughs> friends in the army, I'm telling you- Mormons are the nicest people they really you'll are. ever meet.
4: You guys should have come though with me to Book of
3: Mormon last year. You would have
4: loved it. You need to read the book educated. It's about a Mormon girl and like her family. It it's kinda of, it reminds you of um Glass Castle.
2: Alright, let me ask some. What the fuck? Right? This guy was on a damn bus? What the oh, hell is that shit all oh about? Oh my
4: god, that was a fucking crazy story. We're talking about
2: a Patreon story. It was I Okay. I was literally cringing when I read it the Hang first
4: on. time. Oh, my God. Picture gosh. the guy from Gangnam Style. Psy. Yeah. Psy. Psy. What's
2: his name? Psy.
4: Fucking shoot someone on a... uh uh-uh.
2: No, he didn't shoot someone. You got it wrong. Jen, tell him what happened. This crazy ass story Oh, he's picture story. Him. He was
3: traveling from one part of Canada to another part of Canada, and then... He went out to have a cigarette, and he came back on the bus and went to the back row. He wasn't sitting in the back initially. He was sitting in the front. And he went to the back to this random stranger who, well, they shared a cigarette, but uh, he went to the back row, and then he took out a buck knife and started stabbing him.
4: <laughs> like, and in then the neck, he, multiple, multiple it, times.
3: Yeah. Then he get decapitated him. Which oh, my, gosh, oh remember, my God, yeah. Remember when we well, watched he pulled the out re- a pair of scissors?
2: That's what I'm saying. The guy, like...
3: I thought it was a buck knife.
2: He had a buck knife, yeah, but then he pulled out a pair so this guy was traveling with both a buck knife and a pair of scissors. Oh
5: shit, yeah.
4: And he is literally walking free. In Canada right now, after stabbing this man literally hundreds of times. He got locked in the bus and the police severing even him. the dude's head and holding the head like a fucking. What movie was that from
3: Barba- I don't know. What? Remember the reanimator when we were watching it the other day? And he yeah. literally held the head up like that. Basically, we just want you guys to please listen to our Patreon episodes because you're missing out. It's not we're not asking you for for us. We're asking you for you.
4: You're yeah, that's true. Like you you are
3: also a we're, dollar. we're
4: giving away like $10 worth of Taco Bell, which is like five yeah. meals. Yes,
2: yeah, so we do give away Taco Bell um which I think uh, I, I think I won that
4: one. Actually, <laughs> no.
2: I told you, y'all can't. You guys cannot. Well, what the fuck? You I, guys can't I win I it. I responded. Because... I was
4: the first one.
3: I you want me Chalupa. Listen, you can't. You can't have a contest I'm and then not drunk. tell Nicole and then have her think that she won and then tell her. I she said didn't win. that. Jen and also, Nicole, Nicole are is not... probably, and I'm pretty competitive. but I think Nicole is probably the most competitive person I've ever met in so? my entire life. One of the yes.
4: I actually don't consider myself to be competitive. Really? Yeah. All right.
2: I also want to give a huge shout out tonight to one of our Patreon members. And I really appreciate you guys supporting us because this podcast is not free, but we are addicted to making you guys happy and and putting out really amazing content. So we work our ass off. So thank you so much, Megan for being a patreon subscriber and this story is for you tonight oh yeah this did, is a yeah, did she this,
4: suggest
5: this one
2: she suggested this one yes
5: <gasps> oh
4: this cool. is megan
2: one of our patreon members suggested i do this and i am doing it it's in the pipeline now and also Yay, uh, megan! <laughs> also hillary um you're in the pipeline jasmine yeah. you're also in the pipeline i got a story coming up for you thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. You guys mean so much. And I really hope you enjoy this story, Megan. So thank you so much again for supporting us. We hope us. that Thanks, it's Megan. as entertaining as you yeah. want it to be. We're going to do it tonight for you up oh, in. Right. We'll in
3: Texas.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's in Texas. Come Shoot. on, now. Megan, I, I did see yeah. that
4: comment.
3: So. Megan's from
2: Texas. Our Patreon
3: I fan, see fans. Yeah, but I, but I know she's from Texas. Well, all,
4: all I remember seeing was that she had one suggestion that was from Texas. Yeah. Oh.
2: So, guys, if you want to have a story done for you, and if a lot of stories come in, I'll get to them. I promise. First, join the Patreon, and then you can either email John at Talk Murder. That's J O N at talkmurder.com, Or you can go to talkmurder.com and I'll have a link that says, like, submit your own stories or whatever, and it'll go straight to me. The reason for that is I don't want the girls to know what the story is. I want it to be a surprise for them, for, you know, shock value and stuff like that. So, But I I want to do your guys' stories, the hometown stories that you guys know and want to hear told by me. So
3: The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. That's for you, Megan.
2: Yeah, I've went through Texas once, and I love... Texas is amazing. I've, I've been, been to San times. Antonio, and I really like the river walk. This mm-hmm. is the first place I saw drive-in liquor stores. <laughs> I loved,
3: yeah! I mean, it's
4: amazing. I I like Texas a I lot. I saw one of those in Florida, too, in St. Augustine. Hmm.
2: Yeah, so Texas. Shout out to Texas. We're going there at night. We're,
4: we're in Texas, because we're Texas to, is
2: fucking huge. We're going to Wiley, Texas. Where's that? It's a smaller town, 19... Oh, fuck. <laughs> What's did 2000? I said 2014. I said two- oh, fuck. 1980. Oh. Damn. Yeah, I know. Fuck. It was Friday the 13th. They got it. it's Friday Ooh. night. June, Friday 13th, and 1980 no. is when the story goes down. Alan Gore. Now, he's a smart guy. He's Al a Gore? genius. No, well I- What? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yes, Al Gore. Damn, I didn't even think about that. No, Alan Gore. Al Gore. He's very smart, as in he works with the radio defense program. I don't know, some like top secret government program. Alan Gore, he's in Minnesota. He went away from, for business. And his wife, Betty Gore, is still at home in Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, he's worried about her because... She doesn't like when he goes out of town because she has anxiety when he leaves. She has all these just she's nervous all the time. She's she, jealous that, she, not that jealous. She's cheat on her. He's not the type to cheat. I mean, he's he's a very smart, intelligent scientist type.
3: Well, those are the ones you never expect. But they sometimes wonder.
2: Now, he's not the type to cheat. She's not really worried that he's cheating on her. So she's worried he's going to die. So Betty Gore, 30 years old, just went through postpartum depression. Oh. She just had a baby, mm-hmm. Bethany. Still in the crib. You know, whining and stuff. Mm-hmm. She went through depression. She still has depression. She was taking Valium and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. All kinds of stuff to calm her down. He goes to Minnesota. He wasn't supposed to go, but there was a, pro- a computer problem and he had to go back and fix it. He was only gone for a few days, but he she was just a train wreck. So, I mean, he actually called her from the airport before he left. And then when he got to Minnesota, after the day's work, he went back to the hotel room, called her. She didn't pick up. Now, this was later in the day. It was like 6, 7 o'clock at night. She didn't pick up. Called her again. She didn't pick up again. Now he's getting really worried because Betty Gore, his wife, was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, she had friends and she'll go out with friends, but she wasn't the type that stays out. She was an elementary teacher. And she was highly involved in their Methodist church. She was like a She did a vacation Bible school, Mm -hmm. or what is it, vacation Bible school? Yeah, vacation Bible school. She did Bible studies. She ran little children's classes and stuff like that. She's not the type to go out and stay out. He's calling her, and, well, maybe she's in the shower, whatever. He waits 15 minutes, tries it again. Phone just rings, rings, rings. There's no answer machine. Rings 15 times. Now he's getting kind of worried. He's like, all right, just... Just chill. He's got two friends with him. His, uh, you know, work friends. Colleagues. colleagues. He's got two colleagues with him. He goes out to dinner with his friends, and they're like, don't worry about it. She's literally probably just with a friend. Like, maybe, I don't know. It's the stupidest thing, right? So he's like, all right. But he's still so nervous, he just orders cheesecake, and he's, like, nibbling on it. Anyway, he goes back to the room, and he calls again and again and again. She didn't answer the phone. Now he's really worried because now it's getting like eight, nine o'clock at night, and they got a brand new, they got a newborn baby, Bethany, and it's still in the crib. Alan tries a couple more times, not successful. So he calls his neighbor, a guy named Richard, which is also the guy that actually sold him the house to begin with. He's like a older guy. He had the he owned the house prior. Calls him about nine at night, Richard. Hey, I'm sorry. This is Alan Gore, your next door neighbor. Sorry to bother you, but is there any way you can go over and and check through the windows? And could you just go over and see if Betty's home? And he's like, Uh I guess. Hold on. And he puts the phone down because he's got kids. He's dealing with it. right he's, right with his grandkids. Like they're all screaming. He runs over there like in his bathroom. And he looks in the window nothing right the hmm. garage door is open which is weird is it dark in the house no the, all the lights are on hmm. and the garage door is open which is kind of weird maybe she's it,
3: taking a bath
2: yeah but i mean he tried he's been trying to call for a few hours maybe she's soaking
3: and getting all pruney
2: all the lights are on obviously he can't see betty inside but the garage door is open which is weird and the cars are in the dry in the garage they have two cars, a little Volkswagen and something else. They're in the garage, so he goes back and and he's dealing with his own grandchildren. He's like, and hey, she's she's not answering the phone, or she's she's not answering the door, but the lights are on. She's probably in there. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, don't worry about it. Thank you so much. So they hang up, and then he's he's like, oh my god, this is crazy. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Anyway. He tries again and again and again at the house. No answer. Then he calls Richard back. And he's like, "I'm sorry to bother you again, but is there any way that you could see if a window's open or anything? You Just hmm. get in the house some way." So
4: he's like, "Something's
2: wrong." Something's wrong. Yeah. He's like, "Uh, okay. I yeah, that's fine." He was kind of like kind of aggravated, but he's like, "I whatever, I'll do it."
3: How long was he in Minnesota for?
2: Like, he just got there.
3: Alright, he killed her. End of story.
2: <laughs> Done. <laughs> Chin. <laughs> Richard goes back over there and when a right right when he's about to get to the door, there's two other guys that come up and he's like, what, what are you guys doing? Those two guys are also neighbors. Alan Gore called Richard and then he called two other neighbors and said, hey, can you guys please go over there? So they all met up, the three of them. he's like, I don't know what's going on. And Alan just called me. Like, we literally never talk. He never talks to me. Yeah, we're neighbors. I'm a couple houses down. But it's like, this is weird because I don't even know his wife mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, yeah, I
3: don't know what her habits are. Yeah, or but
2: I guess we'll like try to break into this guy's mm-hmm. house. It's
3: like nine. I am disenchanted nights. with Mr. Al Gore and his internet.
2: They go around, check all the windows. Nothing right. And then Richard runs back because he he owned the house. He does some real estate. He's got yeah. some other properties. Mm-hmm. He goes and gets his keys. Like he's got a bundle of keys. Oh, and he stuff. was like
3: the landlord and no, like landlord. Landlord. He
2: sold them the house. Oh, okay. He brings over this big bundle of keys, like on a key ring. Goes up to the door, starts trying all these keys. Nothing fits, right? And then they go around. They're still checking the windows. And then he's like, fuck, nothing fits. And then he puts it back in. That's what she said. He's like, tries it again. And then he realizes he wasn't turning it the right way. So uh, he's like, oh my God, this one works. Okay. So I got their key. Let's go in. So all three of them goes into Alan Gore's house. Lights are all on. It's kind of, and they're like, Betty, Betty, are you in here? This is your neighbors. They're walking around, open doors. No, it's weird. Like eerily cr- quiet. The baby eventually screamed and they ran into the baby's room and was like, what the fuck? The baby was sitting there. It had spoiled itself. Oh no. It was laying in its own excrement. It was badly neglected. It was not where you would want your baby to be, especially your newborn. There's a newborn baby. Mm. So one of them picks it up. Puts the baby on his shoulder and is like, all right, go take care of this immediately. One of them runs the baby out. Brings it back to one of the housewives in the area. Okay. Now, he gets back and they're still checking doors. Like, Betty, Betty, are you in here? It's a nice house, too. Pretty recently built. 1974 is when it was built. Mm. Um, Finally, one of them opens the bathroom. And there's blood everywhere. There's blood on the walls. There's blood on the the shower curtain. There's blood all over the sink. And he's like, whoa, this isn't good. This is not good. This is not good. This is great. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no body. He was like, okay, well, maybe she hit her head and, and I don't know, she passed out somewhere. Uh, we just got to find her. So they're, like, frantically now checking rooms. I mean, the baby is neglected. They... They check a couple more rooms and then they open the utility closet and he's just in shock. And then he shuts the door and one of the other guys is coming in. And he's like, no, no, you don't, you, you don't want to see what's in there. She's dead. And as soon as he says that, the phone rings eerily, just, Meh. it's the house phone. And he goes and picks it up. And he's like, hello. Hey, this is Alan Gore. What's going on? Is Betty there? Let me talk to Betty. And then he's like, I, it's, it's not good. This isn't good. It looks like she shot herself in the in the head.
3: Wait, so it looks like she shot herself in the head, but how did she get from the bathroom to the utility closet?
2: Well, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Blood everywhere. You. I'll describe the scene in a little bit. I'm going to save you guys. We don't get right pictures? Now. There's no pictures of this. There's some murder stories that have plenty of pictures, like the one last time with the Dracula killer. Some murder stories don't. I mean, it's, it depends on if the cops release it to the public or not. Mm. Obviously, they call 911 immediately. The Cops go there. Now, suicides, they happen all the time.
3: Maybe that's why there were no pictures, because it was ruled suicide. And
2: Betty Gore was going through a lot. She was in postpartum depression... She had other issues, too. She didn't like to be left alone at all, and Alan would go on all these trips, abandonment issues. Alan would go on all these trips and stuff like that, and she I'll talk a little bit about Betty later, but she was not well at the time. So the first thing that goes into Alan's head was, okay well she she did it. she killed herself, he tells his friends so obviously he's going back home right the next flight. Now the police get there, and they're going through everything. They they try to kick everyone out, like everyone that's there. Like, cause you know, neighbors, they come over, and what's going on? What's going on? So they're trying to get in the house. The body was covered up. It was a gruesome scene. Gruesome. The body was covered up, sent to the coroners. Now the cops spent all night there, detectives and everything, spent all night there. They were trying to recreate the scene. All right. Well, well, shit. If she killed herself, then how's her blood in the bathroom? How's her, like, what the shit? There's like a broken, there's a detached fingernail over here. There's hair, bloody hair everywhere. So they're trying to process that. They send her body to the morgue. Alan is in his hotel room trying to know what's going on. Now, his daughter, Alyssa, is staying with one of the church families. Pat Montgomery and Candy Montgomery. So Alyssa's staying with them. They were having like a movie night and stuff like that. So he calls and Candy picks up the phone. And he's like, I, I don't know how to say this, but Betty's Betty's been shot. She's dead. And then Candy starts freaking out like, like, what the fuck, right? Like, oh my God, like having a hyper, you know, starting a panic attack. And then he's like, it's, it's crazy because we don't even own a gun. So she shot herself without a gun. What? Now, yeah, exactly. Where'd the gun go? The coroner gets in touch with the detectives. Is like, you don't have yourself a suicide with a a gun. There was no guns involved. This was not. There's no gun in the world that can do this. What was it? Dynamite. It was an a three foot axe. What? An axe. The coroner found. 41 axe wounds in Betty Gore's body. In the crime scene, they found a bloody fingernail. They found numerous blood samples.
3: From different people or the same?
2: I can't tell you that yet. They found a clump of hair from the bathtub. They found a bloody thumbprint. And they found several bloody footprints, a corpse, and a three-foot axe that was covered in blood. Now, Mm. so what do you guys think happened? You think he killed him? Alan, you think he killed his wife and then left? Yep. Minnesota? Usually the husband. Chief Detective Abbott, quote, It was not premeditated. The weapon is too strange. I mean, it's an axe, right? Mm -hmm. You don't premeditate a murder with a freaking axe.
3: Lucy Borden did.
2: Because you gotta... It's not one hit, one kill. You gotta swing multiple times, right?
3: That doesn't mean it can't be premeditated. Now... Especially if your victim is unconscious.
2: The weapon is too strange. There are signs of terrible struggle everywhere. It was a crime of circumstance. Second, those footprints in the utility room don't belong to a man they're too small I think a woman did this a woman or a kid In hmm. oh. quote oh so alright the crime scene blood everywhere the corpse I'm about to kind of go through what the corpse was like completely destroyed
3: hmm. but would right? a kid have the strength to swing that axe yeah
2: Co- blood everywhere blood in the bathroom now the whoever did this had the audacity to take a shower after the murder in the victim's bathtub hmm. take a shower because the hair was found in the drain so plug, was the daughter in the drain plug or whatever
3: it was the daughter, but, like, why? And how did she swing that axe so heavily?
2: Okay, also, <laughs> this is what's really scary. He could tell almost immediately that there appeared to be very little. Now, this is a coroner. Could tell almost immediately that appeared to be very little post-mortem wounds, meaning that the majority, about 40 of the strikes with an axe, were done while Betty Gore was still alive. Hmm. She was hacked up when she was alive. What? Hmm. Yeah. With a woman's shoe print.
4: I, in but, the blood. But like a a child's footprint?
2: Or a child. Woman or child. is too small to be a man's footprint.
4: Well, unless it's a
2: man with a micropenis.
4: That doesn't necessarily correlate. He might just have
3: small feet.
2: Okay, so they small socks. The detectives figured, all right, this must be a sexual crime. Because a sexual a crime. A sexual crime because must there be. was overkill. Now mm-hmm. overkill is usually attached to a crime of passion, right? Mm-hmm. So you just ah like I love yeah. you but I hate you and I just keep hitting you. Okay, this was overkill. You don't hit someone with an axe forty one times. That's that is overkill. And an axe is an intimate object. So, like, if you shoot someone, that's, that's not a crime of passion. But an axe, you're getting right next to them. And you're feeling the blows and the heat and the passion and the axe. and the, hmm. It's a crime of passion. And axe murders are one of the most rarest murders out there. Not many people get murdered with an axe. Now, no. I do want to point out a very weird thing. Within all this chaos... And all this blood and just ugh, gruesomeness. There was a Dallas Morning newspaper and it was open to the entertainment section. And folded into a single article displayed was a movie review of The Shining. Hmm.
3: Interesting.
2: The Shining just came out, actually. It really? was a psychopath... You know, Shining, Jack Nicholson. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The yeah, yeah. The, Psychopathic the axe, axe yeah. murderer. Uh-huh. It was folded up as it was on display.
3: Huh. So this may have been premeditated.
2: The coroner noticed the wounds were pointed at the top of the head of Betty Gore. But in the bottom, like when they were... The axe was dug deep into the head... They were squared. Hmm. So, the coroner states, this meant the killer would have had to wiggle the axe back and forth as one does chopping wood to remove it from the bone before striking again. Yeah. So that's why it was squared at the bottom. He or she, the killer, hit in Betty Gore's head and then couldn't get wiggle the axe it. out so he she had to wiggle it to pull the axe out, <laughs> she wasn't strong enough to just pull it out, so it must. Have well, been just a like woman chopping wood, child. you chop some wood, and then the axe gets stuck in the wood. I don't know the grains
3: of the wood. I grew wood, up in the and you're wiggling city, it. City, so I didn't oh. ever have to chop wood as a child, not even at Girl Scout camp. We did, however, learn how to make some dream catchers and canoe. Hm?
2: All the vertical blows were parallel and very deep and of such similarity that it was obvious to him that he'd been st- that they had been struck after Betty Gore was down and her head had ceased to move so hmm. this was definitely a crime of passion half of her face was nothing but a mass of tissue and blood Ew. the eye socket and the cheekbone had been pummeled to bits the bone was completely fractured that the eyeball had sunk out of sight falling back into the sinus now they at first they thought yeah. they were the killer removed the eyeball
3: i thought you said this wasn't as gruesome because the eyeball
2: wasn't there he's like wow the killer took the eyeball but then it yeah. realized the eyeball was just so sunken down into the face like below the nose like all literally almost in their mouth the, Is the sinus nice. passages that big the force of the axe oh, wow. coming towards betty gore hitting her right in the face i mean not if you hit someone with an axe a lot of times you know it's probably in the the side or i mean you just swing an axe this was right down the center of the forehead <laughs> right in her eye one of them hit her eye and it sunk her eye back into her nose the elbow of betty gore was cut so wide and so deep that at first glance they thought that the arm was completely severed. It was literally hanging on by attendant.
3: I'm like literally having like these pains happen to me as you're describing <laughs> them. And I think it may be my empathic nature, but I don't know.
2: There were blood stains on the bath mat, the soap dish, the wall tiles and the tub. Now, he, had, the killer actually took a shower. The killer killed Betty Gore. A, I want to point out an elementary teacher. A 30-year-old mother of two, one brand-new baby daughter, still in the crib crying.
3: It was the baby.
2: A mother of two in and a middle-class American in a nice subdivision. Murdered I... with an axe, a three-foot axe. And that's not a big axe. It's the husband's mistress. Um, I have to say that whoever it was...
3: Must have felt comfortable enough with the family or in the house to have taken that chair. I feel like a random murderer or someone, even an acquaintance would not have
4: felt. Is is the husband's mistress the nanny?
3: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the babysitter. Which is why the child was not harmed. Could be. I've come up with like several theories. Yeah. Well, you came up with that one, but like, I feel like you guys haven't yelled at me about my multiple guesses. So thank you.
4: Our, our story keeps evolving here.
2: One last thing. Um, I don't mean to interrupt. And the background last... Noise. The coroner noticed that the last seven blows... And this last. I'm going to talk about the murder. The last seven blows were actually so deep and struck with so much force that they had fully penetrated the skull, gone all the way into the cranial vault causing a good portion of Betty Gore's brain to seep out onto the floor.
4: Nice. Nice. <laughs> Lovely.
2: Alan is in Minnesota. He thinks his wife shot himself. Shot herself. She's been having all this depression issues. She's been going to the doctor for all these different ailments. She's got... what? What is it called? Where postpartum you... depression. They're not postpartum. Well, yeah, but she's got uh, where... You develop all these things, but it's just like stress related, you know, like she will go into the doctor for like stomach aches, but it's it's nothing wrong with her. It's just her stress level is causing that. It's almost like fibromyalgia. I would I would think that's the best word.
3: No, fibromyalgia is not related to stress. That's like has to do with your nerve endings.
2: Well, she's always going to the hospital for every different thing. Hypochondriac. But it's real. Yeah, but it's real though. It's it's like she's always hurting somewhere, but it's the doctor knows it's stress induced. I don't know. Stress um,
3: induced whatever the symptoms are.
2: So all the na- all the neighborhood was over there. And they were trying to process the crime scene literally into the wee hours of the morning. Now, once the news got out and it got out pretty quick that there was not just a murder are not just a suicide, but an axe murder? The media outlets and the newspapers went wild. Mm. Because an axe murderer, you never see. Okay, that's the shit you see in movies. So that is great for selling papers. Yep. Not only that, but an elementary teacher who is also a Sunday school teacher,
5: Mm.
2: who is middle class... A white American living in a, a, a brand new home in the suburbs. Murdered. Hit at least 41 times with an axe while she was still alive. Tell me that will not sell some damn newspapers. They went crazy. The media stormed. They were at the house every day trying to get pictures of the grieving husband, trying to get pictures of the cops, all the... I mean, it was everywhere. I've got, like, literally 100 newspaper articles about this shit. It was all over mm-hmm. the place. Now, that caused a major panic within the town because the media didn't know about the footprints, about the small footprints. They just knew that it was a freaking axe murderer. And this is during the 80s. Everyone's run to Home Depot or whatever and buying double bolt locks for their doors. They're buying guns. I mean, there's a freaking axe murderer on their loose. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. They just think they're... I mean, everyone's like not even leaving their house. They think there's axe murders running around the neighborhood.
4: Hmm.
2: (laughs) Crazy, right? Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Obviously, the husband, right? is the suspect.
4: Always. It's because it's always the
2: husband. Well, Alan comes back Poor and Alan. he gets interrogated. Even we judged him. They're straight up with him. It's like, all right. OK, it's 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 a little odd, Mr. Gore, that you leave for Minnesota a few hours before your wife is literally dismembered yeah. in your utility room of your house. Is that not weird to you?
4: Also like the time with the timing of it like it very he it very easily could have been him yeah now he could have been calling all those people to his house just maybe
5: to, yeah. he was like, standing
4: on stilts with tiny feet
2: well he had an alibi for being in Minnesota
4: does that correlate well with the time of death of the body
2: it did yeah because he was in Minnesota around nine o'clock in the morning mm. now he told the police that He was really worried about going to his business trip because Betty, every time he leaves, she breaks down. And in fact, the last time he saw his wife was when he was driving off and she was sitting there crying because she didn't want him to go. Hmm. Right? Because he knew that she may... Not she she wasn't in her right mind. That's so what they he, that's what he told the police. She uh, wasn't in her
5: right
2: mind. But what's the motive? They're both highly involved in the local church. It's a Methodist church. Now they're both in the choir. They're both highly involved in all the teaching and stuff. And she's an elementary school teacher. Now, I wanna tell you Alan Gore is not a very good looking dude. I mean, he's got a receding hairline. He's a... I mean, he's smart. He's got the intelligence thing going he, on. D- you know,
4: created the internet, so...
2: But he's not very... Uh, most most women wouldn't find him very attractive.
3: You know, Al Gore did not age well at all. He was, like, thin and not bad looking. But, like, now he... Like, then he got, like, fat and, How like, old is he? I can't really talk because
2: I'm fat, but whatever. Jen, you're not fat.
4: Oh, Al Gore. I haven't seen him in a while.
2: So you did it, Alan. And they were trying to pressure him, no, no, I didn't do it I didn't. and he's breaking down. he's like, well, well, who did it? did you have you ever it's betty has Betty been sleeping with anyone else? Has she had an affair? Was she currently involved with someone? He's like, no, Betty wouldn't do that. That's what he said, no, Betty wouldn't do that, but he would, okay, Mr. Allen. Would you do that? Oh! <laughs>
3: Damn! And he said...
2: The nanny. He says no.
4: But... Uh-huh. They always say no at first, some fuckers.
2: But he calls the detect... Because there was three guys in the room. There were some... This case was so infamous at the time. You guys weren't even born. Neither mm-hmm. was I. Okay that not only did multiple police agencies get involved but the Texas Rangers oh. Chuck Norris himself got involved <laughs> <laughs> you know they got involved in it Walker so there was a, a Texas Ranger there I don't I'm not really sure they're I don't know what they do but they're they like sound pretty Mounties, cool. except
3: in Texas right yeah.
2: <laughs> So the Texas Ranger was there and um
3: Or they like the state police or something. So he
2: calls the detective six in the morning. He's like, I I wasn't quite honest with you about one thing.
4: He was getting it in.
2: I did have an affair Mm -hmm. with A man. Candy Montgomery. The nanny. No. The babysitter. The friend. That was watching Elisa at the time. <gasps> Alyssa. Alyssa. That was uh, watching Alyssa at the uh, time. Okay, Candy okay. Montgomery.
4: All right. Well, I kind of consider that to be a Danny.
2: Yeah, now, let me watching. tell you a little bit about Candy, right? Because Candy was interviewed Candy too. Candy is such a fucking stripper name. And <laughs>
4: Candace is the full version, I think. Yeah. So, um, so Mr. Al, he was having an affair with what's her name candy 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 who is, montgomery who is watching Alyssa for the weekend
2: yeah so they how were... long have
4: they been t- dating or sleeping together or whatever how did they meet
2: well they both go to church together Lord. they got to the united methodist <laughs> church
4: haha see what i did there mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah that's funny <clears throat> now let me tell you a little bit about candy before i get into that
4: is she a part-time stripper
2: no, but Montgomery I Montgomery is a
3: fam famous family name. They had a, a department store named Montgomery Wards.
2: Candy was an army brat, she's been everywhere, bouncing around. Her dad uh, was like a radio technician in the military, so they went to every different base. Now, when she was young, she was really cute, she was blonde, she was very extroverted, always hanging out with the guys, a tomboy, if you will. Now, she had an older sister named Joy that was kind of a bad influence on her. She's the one that taught her about sex and stuff like that. Now, Candy, once Candy figured out what sex was, she wanted, it. she loved it, right? So, Ew.
0: Your car doesn't get much of a summer break. Bugs, UV rays, and pollen can all cause damage. Stay protected at WetGo with WeatherShield and a free month of unlimited washes. Just purchase your first month of WetGo Go Unlimited, and your second month is free. Wash as many times as you want. And when you choose our all-weather or showroom pass featuring Weather Shield, you'll say bye-bye to Bugs all summer long. Sign up today at getgocafe.com slash unlimited.
1: Better Banking is opening your new First Commonwealth Bank personal checking account with our online account recommendation tool and being entered to win wireless earbuds. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Visit fcbanking.com for details.
2: Her first hookup was with a guy named Chris. Nicole, if you can read a quote from Candy about her relationship, where it starts with a pink.
4: <clears throat> Actually, we went to the car with him. Would be more appropriate, since it was the back seat of his Ford. I was very disappointed. From all the trashy novels i would read, I expected fireworks, explosions, to be all quivering with lust... I'd certainly wanted him before he actually entered me, but afterwards it was a big letdown. Oh, it felt good, and it didn't hurt like I expected it to, but it didn't feel as good as I thought it would. I wondered afterwards if my eyes were all glassy and my cheeks rosy like in the novels. It got better, though, as time went on. We became more experienced and experimental with each other.
2: Not that she was a hoe, but, you know, she was, you know... Kind of a hoe. Kind of a hoe, yeah. yeah. So she married this guy named Pat... Pat was a very very bright electrical engineer and he actually worked for a little company you may have heard of called Texas Instruments.
4: Oh.
3: Yeah.
2: My so,
4: calculator.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, no. I still
3: have my my calculator. My they make
2: some badass calculator. calculators. TI-83. I, also, yeah. I
3: don't I never got the graphing calculator one. I had the blue one with the white cover.
4: I had the graphing
5: calculator
3: one. I nope. Oh, I never was good at math, so I never got a <laughs> graphing calculator. It wasn't worth my time. They made some badass calculators. they're like fucking eighty dollars. They were expensive. I just had to borrow my graphing calculator from the bin at school. Okay, just so to... my little Casio. Loved it. It wasn't Texas Instrument. It was a Casio.
2: Just to tell you how smart Pat was, he got his his dissertation for his PhD was groundbreaking it was called quote electromagnetic boundary value problems based upon a modification of residue calculus and function theoretic techniques
3: i'm sorry what was that in english (laughs) you
4: lost me literally halfway through
2: jen can you please explain what electromagnetic boundary problems fuck no Uh, Anyway, so he's really smart. I don't know what to say about that. All right, so moving on. (laughs) Candace was bored. She's 30 years old. She's bored in her marriage to this guy, Pat. Yeah, he's super smart, successful. She has a house she's always wanted, she has kids, but she gets bored. Mm. Now she's really active in the church. Keep in mind. She tells one of her friends, Sherry, I think I want to have an affair.
3: I'm that's sp- weird. Oh, that's like a normal <laughs> so co-curricular activity.
4: Weird. <laughs> I think I'm going to do something morally repugnant.
2: So, Alan, they play volleyball together. And she, Alan's not the, the good looker, right? I mean, you would never... <clears throat> shit, fucking sorry. You would never fall for Alan. But they were playing volleyball one day, and she told Sherry, Oh, yeah, so we were playing volleyball, and... I, like, bumps into him and, I don't know, he just smelled so sexy. He just smelled his smell. He's not attractive. He's Women are attracted to smell. But the smell of the body odor in his armpits, mm-hmm. he went right yeah. into the armpits. So, so
3: women, like, if a if, if, if woman doesn't think that you smell good, like, you won't, like. Like, there was this one guy that I really liked, but then, like. I smelled not like went up to him and smelled him, but like, you know, I got caught caught a whiff and I was like, I don't know if I could like date that. Hmm. It just wasn't a mix. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean?
2: All right. So Candy right now, almost 29 years old and totally honest with herself and sexually frustrated. She wanted an affair and she was going to get an affair. That was like what her mind was set on. She was going to have an affair. That was, like, good life God choices.
4: <laughs> I'm gonna do it.
2: Anyway. Good for you. New Year's baby. resolution. She she bumped in. Go, candy Cane. She bumped into Alan Gore, the computer technician, that was also friends with Pat. I mean, they, these wives and husbands were friends with each other. They went to the same damn church. Sure, mm-hmm. it's all a little right. neighborhood. Now, she approached him, Alan, and, and just was like, I, I just got to tell you something. I'm, I'm attracted to you. And then she like ran, you know, ran out like a little <laughs> high school.
3: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Will you date me? Check one. <laughs> yeah.
2: So he thought about it. Like, what the fuck was that about? And anyway, he called her a few days later and was like, meet me at this, like behind this little auto parts dealership and we'll talk. So Candy proposed the idea once they met. Okay. You're married to Betty. I'm married to Pat Montgomery. Let's have an affair now. The affair didn't happen for another month because Alan went through this whole cycle of not knowing if he wanted to do it. Yeah, he was attracted to Candy, but
4: his wife was
2: pregnant. Was no, is well, his wife had, yeah, actually, when he left for Minnesota, that's a good point. One of the reasons she was. Like freaking out is because she had missed her period for two weeks. Oh no! I'm not saying she was pregnant. We never. We don't know if she was ever pregnant, but she may have been pregnant, which may have been, you know, caused it. But anyway, um. So anyway, Alan goes to this whole thing. Like I don't know if I want to. Like anyway, he comes over to Candy's house, which is also Pat, and you know she's a mother too, and she's like has these little Venn diagrams of like the pros and cons of having an affair. Oh my God. Yeah. It's this whole fucking thing. And like, they go, it's like little freaking middle schoolers. They go for a month doing this back and forth. Like, should we, should we not? I really like you, but do you like me? They call each other all the time. So finally they're like, let's just meet at a hotel and then we'll see if it goes down. They met at this hotel. It was kind of more expensive hotel and it was really awkward at first. Candy had made some beef teriyaki steak and they like Mm. ate lunch together. This was during the lunch break because it's not like they're meeting at night. This is during Alan Gore's lunch break at his workplace. And when Kit and when Candy has already dropped off the kids at school and she has a two hour break between doing mom stuff and then picking up the kids again. Right. So including Alan's kid. Alyssa, remember, the whole time the affair's going on, she's babysitting that girl, that 8-year-old girl or whatever. So anyway, they made this hotel. It's this whole fucking thing. Eventually, they do hook up. and They do the deed, yeah. They do the deed, and after they had sex, she was very pleased. But now he was really inexperienced. Read that.
4: He wasn't very interesting and bad, and he was certainly quick about it. But he had an advantage. advantage most men didn't. The most perfectly shaped penis Andy had ever seen. <laughs> I don't understand what she
3: means by "shut." That eggplant emoji.
2: Alan goes in, walks into the hotel room. Now she has slipped into her most favorite peekaboo negligee.
3: Negligee. 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 Nope. Negligee.
2: Negligee. Nope. Negligee. What is that?
3: Negligee. It's like a nightie. Lingerie. So,
2: yeah. So anyway, they ended up doing lingerie,
3: the, negligee.
2: Yeah,
3: you can be negligee with your child, but then you will go to prison. Mm-hmm. Ah,
2: now Someone the affair the lasted. It, the affair lasted about eight months. It's
5: a long time. Yes, yeah, a
2: long time. Pat didn't know anything about it. Betty didn't know anything that about sucks. it. But now both of them started getting feelings for each other, which is one of their rules, and then. Like pretty Alan, on the lips. Mm. Alan started saying, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. It's not fair to Betty, my wife, you know, that I've been fucking banging you and I have a wife with a baby. Like, oh, it's not fair. I want to be. I want to take the moral high ground now.
3: They've been
2: meeting at this place called the Como Motel. It's some shady ass place. So they play. They paid high price the first time for a nice hotel.
4: Pay by the hour.
2: And then yeah, and then they started paying dirt cheap at this place called the Como Hotel. It's fucking shady as shit. Still in business (laughs) is fucking shit. Okay, so Alan's like, I got to break out this fair. Our church the same church she goes to is called, they do this thing called marriage encounters where you go for a weekend with your spouse that Mm -hmm. you're having problems with. Like a retreat. Yeah. It's like a retreat. And then you like talk and stuff and communicate with your spouse. Anyway, he came back with that with Betty and they were like on a, this new high, right? They, they fell in love with each other again. That's the, the letter you read earlier Mm -hmm. was after the marriage encounter. And in the church, the people that have went, the couples that have went through the encounters, you would know because they say they have been encountered and they'd be all like hugging on each other in the sermon or whatever. Candy started getting jealous. The detectives the whole time are thinking that Alan killed his wife or hired someone or whatever. Candy finally becomes a suspect when they're like, what did you do on June 13th? I dropped the kids off vacation Bible school. I went to Betty's house, Betty Gore's house, to get Alyssa's swimsuit because she has swim practice in the afternoon. Me and Betty talked a little bit. Betty gave me some peppermints and said, Alyssa doesn't like to put her head underwater. So when she does, give her a peppermint because that's how we reward her. So she took peppermints. Then she went to Target because she had to get birthday cards for dad but when she got in the Target parking lot, she noticed her watch stopped. She thought she it said 10.30, but it was really later because her watch stopped. So she ends up running back to church where she missed her son's play performance in the church. And then, and that's like her story. She would say that like a robot, right? Mm-hmm. To everyone. Hmm. Anyway, eventually the cops started figuring out, all right, we think Candy did it. Number one, the footprint's at the scene of the crime, are from a female. Number two, the fingerprint, the thumbprint, finally came back, and it was positive for Candy's fingerprint. This was her thumbprint. She's got her blonde hair in the bathtub. We know she's done it. They accuse her of doing it. She ends up getting a lawyer that's actually in her church.
4: If you see the her thumbprint, I don't, I don't see how she can avoid this.
2: She can't avoid it. So they, she gets a lawyer. Now, Pat actually takes out two thousand dollars in his credit savings account with texas instruments she hires a lawyer that's in the church now the lawyer doesn't believe candy did it i mean why but he doesn't know about the footprint yet mm, and, the, uh, and the thumbprint so he's like almost laughing about it like <laughs> like what like
3: there's no way that it was like the cops
2: think you did it yeah they're just trying to bully you police try to get candy to take a polygraph test and then the lawyer's like no don't take a polygraph test the lawyer's like, all right, I, I don't think you did it, but I think you are covering up for someone that did do it. I think you know who did it. So who did it? And it's like, the police really believe Alan did it. Hmm. Did Alan do it or not? Candy says, no, Alan didn't do it. And then her attorney says, well, how do you know that? And then she says, because I did it.
3: What? She confessed to it. Now, wow.
2: she says, it's not like I meant to. It was self-defense. That's what oh. she says. Well, just listen, right? So, self-defense. Bullshit, bullshit,
4: bullshit. So, she's... What What happens when you admit it to your lawyer that you did it? Like, does it matter? They still have to defend you, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, do they still be like, not guilty? Client. Uh, attorney privilege.
2: Now, before she went into talked to the lawyer and confessed pat her husband was shifting around in through like her stuff because they actually went to the couple's encounter the marriage encounter yeah and one of the tasks in the marriage encounter is called 10 and 10 which basically for 10 minutes The couples write a love letter to each other, and then for the next 10 minutes, they talk about it.
4: Oh, wow. That sounds fun.
2: Pat, the scientist, a very, very good guy and very devoted to his wife, has never cheated on his wife, was so infatuated by Candy, his wife, that he would reread these letters multiple times. Now he went upstairs to do the same thing reread the letters but he couldn't find them but he did find a letter from Alan
5: oh. that confessed
2: to everything it oh, confessed about shit. the infidelities. it confessed about the multiple that sucks hotels it confessed everything now Alan's a friend oh so he thought now ah um, no mo. yeah Not so no mo. Now I confess. Well, that every, what did he
4: do when he saw when he saw that? Did he flip his shit? Or he he's like a
2: good called. Person? He called her friend, her best friend. She's a hair salon stylist, and she's like, "Tell me what happened. Is it still going on? Is she still having an affair with Alan?" And then Sherry's like, "No, she's like really serious now. No, it was a one-time thing. It only lasted for a few months. She hasn't even been a with one, them. A
4: one-time thing
2: that lasted yeah. for a few months." <laughs> That's she not she just couldn't find herself. It, it ended about she, eight months she ago. She found it in his yeah. penis. Yeah.
3: <laughs> his perfectly shaped penis.
4: Yeah.
2: What the fuck? So, anyway, this is what drives me crazy. When Kenny gets home for the day, Pat, already knowing the news, doesn't tell her, but writes her a letter that says, You know, I found this. So he gives her this letter and then he goes upstairs. And is like, When you want to talk about this. Come upstairs, and I'll be there. And of course, when they finally do talk about it, her husband Pat is like, "It's my fault. I I haven't been uh, there for you." And come it's, on. Uh, yeah, this bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> Shit. and that's not the only affair that Candy has had. But let me get to the, the meat surprised. potatoes real quick. Candy's defense attorney did something really smart. He hired a guy. A hypnotherapist mm-hmm. that usually deals with like multimillionaires and stuff like that. He's very well, like, renowned and well known.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: He puts candy under like hypnotherapy, right?
5: Mm-hmm.
2: When I snap my fingers, he says, you will begin experience and relating a time to me as you go through it. One, two, three. And he snapped his fingers, and then they go back to the day, June 13th. <gasps> The moment that it happened. Oh. Now, it takes a couple sections. This is hours and hours and hours and hours of hypnotherapy. Right Now, this, keep in mind, the defense lawyer put her through this because Candy said, I killed her. She tells that to her lawyer. I did it. I killed her. But I don't remember anything at all. It was self-defense, but I don't remember anything.
3: That makes sense.
2: So Mm. they hire this hypnotherapist, She goes to the hypnotherapist, spends hours and hours and hours with him, And in the hallway, they can hear like screaming and yelling, all kinds of stuff. Inside, snap my fingers, one, two, three, you're back June 13th around noontime. Kenny Montgomery drives her station wagon to Betty Gore's house. She leaves her kid. She's got to go back, see her kid do his play in the church. But she's got to go pick that swimsuit up from Alyssa, from Betty, because Alyssa, Betty's daughter, has swim practice, and she's going to take them, and then after that, she's going to take them all to see the Empire Strikes Back movie, Star Mm -hmm. Wars. Right, right. And that's what she kept saying, like, the whole time. She gets to Betty's house. Betty's like, come on in, come on in. You know, and they're good friends. So she goes in there, and they make small talk, and they have new puppies, Betty and Candy goes out there and plays with new puppies Aww. and all this stuff. She gets a swimsuit and then she's they're both sitting down drinking coffee and then Betty out of nowhere says, "Are you having an affair with Alan?"
5: Oh shit!
2: Mm. And Awkward. Candy's like, "No." Wow, she denied it. And then she says, "Have you ever had an affair with Alan?"
3: Oh, okay. Like, yeah, it, it was over.
2: And then Candy's like, "She said, yeah, but that was a long time ago." Now, Betty, Mm -hmm. according to Candy, says, okay, I'll be right back. She goes into the other room. Now, Candy's sitting there on the couch. It's like, what the fuck's going on? Now, this is what she's reliving in her hypnotherapy session. She's sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, Betty comes back in into the hallway, and all she hears was this clink, clink. She puts an axe down. On the floor, like the big metal, yeah, the metal handle. She's holding an axe and kind of clinks it down on the floor. And then Candy's like, "Shock, like, "Uh, Betty, uh, you know what's going on?" Um, And Betty's like, "You can't have him; he's mine." And then Candy's like, "I, that was a long time ago. He's yours. I, I don't want him." And then Betty says. I'm pregnant again. Oh. And he's mine. You can't have him. Hmm. Candy repeats, I don't want him, Betty. I don't want him. And then Betty breaks down because she's got all the problems and stuff. She breaks down, starts crying. Candy goes over there, says, It'll be okay. And she puts her arms around Betty. As soon as Candy puts her arms around Betty and touches her skin, Betty flinches and throws her hands off. Pushes her in the chest Mm. and Candy goes back and hits the floor. Now, when Candy's coming to trying to get back out the floor, she sees a big axe coming towards her face. Oh, shit. Yeah. She dodges the axe. She doesn't get hit. And the axe sticks in the floor. She gets up and there's a struggle. Mm. Now, she's trying to, number one, get out of the house or get this damn axe away from Betty. That has obviously went crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Now, this is, all, this is all in the hypnotherapy session. She didn't know this before she went to hypnotherapy, mm. if you believe that. She went to hypnotherapy, and now she knows oh, all listen. this stuff. So, keep that in mind. They struggle with the axe. She hits Candy in the toe, which her toe was cut, and the cops noticed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she also had all these other bruises. Uh, Candy was a lot smaller than Betty. He hits the upper hand and hits her once in the head. And it was like a pop. Ow. In her head, it was her skull cracking. But Betty, still screaming, you can't have him, stumbling around with a gaping hole in her Oof. head, runs at Candy again and tries to get the axe to s- try to... Take the axe on her. Oh, my goodness. And they're struggling again. Candy hits her again. Mm -hmm. Finally, the one that did it, Betty ran directly into the blade when Candy was coming down on her forehead, redoubling its force because Betty was going a forward motion. Mm -hmm. The axe was coming towards her that multiplies the force. Okay, it came directly down on the top of the forehead which sunk her eye into her sinuses Ew. and helped her brain matter spew out of her Ooh, ears. lovely. Yeah, so. Her ears? But even after that, she still wouldn't fall because her entire purpose was to tell Candy that she couldn't have her hmm. man. This is my man. I know I got seven holes in my face, but he's mine. It was like she was a fucking demon. She wasn't going down where shit. So Candy kept striking
4: (sighs) It just bothers me that that's the reaction of women. It's like, you can't have my man. Mm -hmm. But, like, they can both go fuck themselves.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, Candy, she finally gets Betty on the floor and not moving as much, not trying to get up, and that's when she hits her over the head multiple times, and that's when her brain starts seeping out of her cranial cap. And she only stopped at the point Of literal exhaustion from swinging the axe on Betty. Almost severing her right arm completely off. Completely destroying her face. No open casket. Her face looked like freaking. Like, what do you call it? Uh, Not ravioli, the other stuff. Chef Boyardee. Not Chef Boyardee. Manwich? No. um, What's that stuff you eat for breakfast? SOS? (laughs) No, not scrambled eggs. It's like uh, beef something.
3: SOS? What? Chip, cream chip beef? No. I
2: fucking remember. Anyway, all right. Yeah, it looks like ravioli and shit. Now, the hypnotherapist was Dr. Maurice Green. He told the lawyer, he was like, listen, this is the most insane case I've ever heard. I've ever dealt with this client. I've never dealt with anything like this. She has so much repressed memories. She's suffering from disassociative reaction. When she was swinging that axe down 41 times on Betty's face, the doctors claimed that she was going through disassociative amnesia. She literally blacked out. She went berserk and blacked out. That's why she kept hitting him. I mean, her fight and flight. She came in with an axe, right? Mm -hmm.
3: So she was having dissociative amnesia. Right. Yeah. So like what what did that um what did that ruling have on her case?
2: Well, so she's in the courtroom and her defense lawyer is actually really good. And he played the thing up where Candy was emotionless in the trial. Mm-hmm. She had no emotion whatsoever for just murdering someone with a fucking axe.
3: We'll to sign a lot of so soci- sociopath. She didn't, and in or fact, dissociative. I didn't the,
2: the lawyer actually commented, it "Was like, Candy, can you please act like you care about this? You know, everyone thinks you're a murderer." Mm-hmm. So she's sitting in the courtroom, and they bring up this whole hypnotherapy stuff. So that's what the the prosecution was like. Listen, yeah, okay, she may have been out of her mind, but she left a crying baby to die in a crib. Yeah. And then she takes a fucking shower. Right. And does her laundry because she's got blood all over. She washes her clothes and then goes back to Sunday school and pretends nothing happened. In fact, she still goes to the movie, the empire strikes back with the daughter, Alyssa. And she knows that her mom has been cut up Ugh. and is lying in the house And not only that, but Candy was there when Alan gets back from Minnesota and Candy was there to comfort Alyssa when Alan told... The eight-year-old Alyssa that her mom is never coming back. And then Candy was like, is there anything I can do? If there's anything I can do, Yo, I let up, me know. Honestly,
3: that's the worst.
2: She said that to everyone. Is there anything I can do? I feel so bad. Is there anything I can do? If what are you trying to do?
3: Replace it. her? Like,
4: yeah.
2: And she, the fact that she was keeping the daughter and pretending nothing happened. There's no way you forget chopping up someone. Mm-mm. 41 times with a fucking axe, you know, and then taking a shower and then taking her daughter to see the Empire Strikes back. And then the next day, telling that same girl that, oh, I'm here for you. Your mom's never coming back, but let me know what I can do. All right. So let me read some of these newspapers. So the defendants, the defendants' lawyers start the campaign of self defense, accused axe murderer. A murderess, Candace Montgomery, sobbed openly as her attorney swung a baseball bat over his head in a dramatic recreation, he says, demonstrates his client acted in self-defense. Here's what he did. He's like, Candy, you killed her lawyer. It's like, Candy, you killed her. You murdered Betty Gore. And she's like, yes. And she's emotionless. Yes, I murdered her. And he's like, all right, you killed her with an axe. Yes. Then he the defense attorney picks up the axe, and then he runs over to Candy. And he's like, "You took this axe, like almost like he's going to hit Candy, like you murdered her with this axe, like shaking it." And then Candy freaks out, like, "Oh, oh my god, oh, <laughs>
5: ah, yes!"
2: Ah. This whole show, and then they heard the hypno the hypnotherapy sessions, and it was awful. And she was screaming, "Betty, please, Betty, no." <laughs> You know, just awful. Like, I don't want him. I don't want him, Betty. No. <laughs> and she was going through like the motions of hitting her, like, <laughs> uh, 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 with the axe mm-hmm. like, over and over. Sure. And the, all, the, all the jury heard this. It's like a crazy woman. But she was completely emotionless until her attorney got that axe, the same axe with the blood still on it. And it's like, Did you kill her with this axe? And he runs over and she's like, Ah. Freaking out, and oh everyone's God. just like, Holy shit, this woman's fucking batshit. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it was probably a fucking sight to fucking see, man. <laughs> For real. This was all over the fucking what? news. Huh?
3: Yeah. So, how did it end?
2: All right. This is Candy and her husband. Go to talkmurder.com to see a picture of Candy and her husband, Pat. Mm. The jury deliberates and they hear all this testimonial the doctors and all this stuff. Anyway, they come back, the jury, every, I mean, the, the courtroom, there's lines waiting out. This is the biggest case in the nation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, because think about it, an axe murder, which you never see. Right. Mm-hmm. Not only an axe murder, but a, a, female, axe a female, a female axe murder of a elementary and Sunday school teacher mm-hmm. in a middle class family in the Burbs. That doesn't fucking happen Uh ever. Right. right? And to the brutality of this, where she actually like took a shower and the the chicks eye wasn't even there anymore. It was like completely crazy. Yeah. Anyway, the jury comes back. Candace Montgomery, we find you acquitted. What? (laughs) She got completely off. No. (laughs) What? Yeah, she got completely off. Um, Are you kidding me? Yeah, she got completely off because they said that she wasn't in her right mind.
4: I don't understand. I don't understand the insanity play.
2: Let me see. Uh neighbors I don't get it. Neighbors described the murder scene. Neighbors of Betty Gore Wednesday detailed the bloody scene they found when they entered Betty Gore's unlocked residence. I saw a massive amount of smeared blood on the floor and an axe on the floor.
4: I don't I just don't get it though. I don't get it. I don't get it when people <clears throat> say that they like did things like that and they get away with
2: it. She was I acquitted. It. And Pat stayed with her, even though she admitted to another Uh, affair. What a dick. And Candy, it wasn't like, oh, I bumped into someone and it was just a fling. It was just like random. Like she was looking forward to having an affair. Like that was her hobby. Right. Anyway, so she had more than one. They acquitted her. The town was outraged. Yeah. Yeah. I'm outraged. And Candy was like, everything's back to normal. I can go to the grocery store. And then Pat's like, no, you can't. We need to move. They moved to Atlanta. And she changed her name and stuff like that. And uh, she's name? around 70 now. But do you guys want to know what she does? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I found her. Oh. Snooping around. <laughs> Is she on Facebook? Miss Candace L. Wheeler. That's her maiden name. LPC. She is a licensed License professional, professional counselor. counselor. <laughs> she is at 671 Lumpkin Campground Road, Suite 240, Dawsonville, Georgia. And her telephone number is 706 531 44929 So be sure to give her a call. And her description is a behavioral health and social service provider counselor. So she is a just,
4: fucking bitch. I just don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't understand okay. how a, a, how people can get acquitted of a crime like
2: Let that. Let me read some comments. All right. This is from her Yelp page. Once Yelp. a killer, always a killer, especially your best friend. I wouldn't leave my animal alone with her. Four
4: out of five stars.
2: Yeah. <laughs> These are all as one out of one. <laughs> um, I hope she has sent every penny she has earned as a, quote, counselor... To the poor motherless victims she created, who does she counsel? People who are are trying to get away with murder? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Um, Another one star. There are one stars. 40 blows with an axe. She murdered her lover's wife, Betty Gore, left her baby in the crib while Betty bled all over the utility room. Then she used Betty's shower to clean up, got away by using a whack defense of memories. One Star Review, um, murdered friend or murdered my friend with an axe in the 80s and was acquitted on a sham psych defense that would be laughable today. I would not trust this woman with my psyche as I prefer my counsel to have not murdered anyone with an <laughs> axe. Um, let's see. I attended the same church where the Montgomery and Gore families attended. In fact, I was teaching in the voc- the vacation Bible school the very day this all occurred I just happened to have a conversation with a neighbor today about why I no longer attend church and it brought it all back to me. I looked online to see what was there and I found this article that I'm reading. I knew all these people involved, although not close friends with them. The lawyer who defended Kenny Montgomery also attended my church and I had his children in my class. The young pastor we had at the time got very involved in the whole situation the aftermath was that the pastor and his wife later divorced, the attorney and his wife divorced, and later committed suicide. Hmm. I understand at the time of the murder that both couples had been attending the marriage encounter. Huh. We've been encountered. If you read this book, it's all like, oh, they have a flame group and we've been encountering this yeah. um, weekends through the church at the same time. And that's when things started between candy and alan i was just too it was just too much to see candy come into church services on sundays while the investigation and trial were going on mm-hmm. and i quit attending did y'all think that she was going to um i can't believe she
4: got quit
2: yeah That's i'm weird. sick of this yeah she got acquitted so immediately they moved down to atlanta georgia and then she changed are they her still name. married? huh are they still married yeah i couldn't find anything on pad but i'm pretty sure they're still married i mean wow I don't know. I honestly don't believe her. They made a movie about it. It's a good movie. I'll put it on TalkMurror.com. I'll put the link on there. What's it called? A Killing in a Small Town. It's about an hour and a half. It's on YouTube for free. It's a movie made in the 90s. It goes pretty line in line with the book. It's pretty good. Um, It's definitely worth watching hmm. to see like how... like I mean, it's pretty it accurate. Yeah, yeah.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
2: But I don't know. I, I was just, like, really shocked that she actually got acquitted. Yeah. And, of course, Alan didn't get charged. Tra- I mean, because he didn't even know that yeah. that was going on. I mean, it was all her. Yeah. But then again, like, maybe she was acting in self-defense. Hmm. Fuck, I don't know. Interesting. Um. Oh, oh, one thing. So right after this happened, the local school kids... Came up, you know, like when you jump rope or hop, yeah, yeah, yeah. poems or whatever. You want to read that uh, at the bottom there, kind of in a little rhyming fashion.
4: Candy Montgomery was a whore. (laughs) She screwed around with Alan Gore when Daddy Gore (laughs) brought it up candy used an axe to cut her Oh my up. gosh. Collin <laughs> County murders okay? And if you go to church and pray and don't worry adulteries cool if you teach Sunday school. Oh my goodness, that's like the Lizzie Borden
3: took an axe rhyme. Yeah. Um um but much more graphic. So cool.
2: But anyway, hey wow. um this murder was brought to you by our Patreon member Megan. Thank you so much. I I read the entire book. It was freaking amazing. It was a page turner. Go to TalkMurder.com dot com to see the pictures of Candy and all her shenanigans, and I'll put that on the website. Wow.
3: Well, thank you guys for listening to Talk Murder to me. As always, it's been a fun night for us, and we're going to go to bed now. Hopefully, no spins. I'm drunk. I didn't eat dinner tonight. I'm going to get fucked.
4: Well, <laughs> not fucked. We will decide where to go uh-huh. then.
2: <laughs> Jen is getting fucked tonight.
4: <laughs> I mean, I mean, your, your Christmas present's not so far oh my away. God, no, I don't want yes. it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. No. All I want to say about that is, Hey, another public shout out to our Patreon subscriber and number one fan, Amelia. Julie. Oh, Julie. Oh, Julie, who um who stood up for us and didn't and and stuck up for Jenna myself for someone who called us background noise. So, Julie, we love ya. you. Yes,
2: hear that. Sounds like background noise. Fuck you. <laughs> Julie. Also, not, Julie, I don't have to tell you. Julie, send me an email. Tell me what story you want to hear. Because you have been with us since day one. Yeah. So hey, this goes out to million This episode is The girls, is for in, the the girls in the background. Excuse me. And then we're just in, and
3: the
5: other John,
4: wins. Diana
2: Ross, and we're just the Supremes. Fine. Guys, this episode is brought to you by Amelia, our biggest fan right now. <laughs> Who would give us a
3: five-star rating if the woman in the background would just shut up for five minutes.
4: Which, which then we got three stars.
2: <laughs> her, her name on iTunes is like... Ugh. Ugh. 27, 27, 27, 27. we memorized it you will forever be well, our you know favorite what? hater you know what's crazy like th- she's such a hater that she made an itunes account for this review her itunes name was we, made like she made, made that for our us so thank you amelia for going out of your way to make an itunes account just to rate us you are our biggest fan we love you do not forget to join the patreon page it's Only a dollar a, dollar a month. month. Dollar a month. Jen, why do you flip me off?
3: Because I don't like your attitude.
2: Jen, okay. you are a Christian. You I'm don't flip people off.
3: I'm a Catholic and I'm allowed to express my views and I will express my need for forgiveness next time I go to
4: confession. I love cherries that have booze in it.
3: Okay. Let's order we, pizza
2: now and get it out of the way.
4: No, no, no. no. If we order pizza, Jen, one? No. I hate yeah, Domino. No, because- Domino sucks and Papa John sucks. It's got to be Pizza Hut. I think that was a dig at my accident the other day.
2: (laughs) It was.
4: (laughs) You know what,
3: John? I don't wish this upon but my worst enemies. But I hope that you get a massive case of diarrhea. I did. I said it. I hope that you get diarrhea.
6: I often find out the hard way that all IPAs are not created equal. Some are hot bombs that forget about flavor. Others only taste good if you drink them with a heavy meal. Fortunately, Founders Brewing Company has found a way to enjoy an IPA anytime and at any occasion with their all-day IPA. You can taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make all-day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. Whether you're relaxing after a long day at work or hanging outside with your friends, all-day IPA will become one of your favorites. It's one reason why Founders is in the top 10 of the nation's craft breweries and a staple in my fridge. When you taste all-day IPA, you'll understand how they got there. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer, and now hard seltzers too, at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company, born and brewed in Michigan since 1997. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things
1: you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC.